Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA Podcast. Today's episode is a bonus, the audio version of a video that I put up a while ago on my second channel where I talk about how I made a million dollars, kind of, sort of. The more accurate way to say it would be that I helped build several businesses that in total made a couple million dollars. And the reason why I wanted to share that is not to brag or anything like that, because who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, money is just a number, but we live in a world where money matters. And I know for a lot of people listening to this, it seems impossible that you could ever make that much money or just the idea of starting a business of some kind or another. A lot of us want to do it, but we're kind of scared of failing. And it seems like something that only other people can do. Or at least that's how I felt, kind of like watching from the sidelines, seeing other people build these businesses. And I was like, damn it, I wish I could do that. But you know, what I realized is I didn't really truly believe in myself. And once I did, then everything changed. Ever since then, I've kind of just looked at the world in a different way. I've I've felt ever since then, like I was kind of steering my own ship in a way that I never did before. And it's all because of those businesses that I was able to build. So I talk about exactly what I did and how I did it in this episode, as well as some kind of thoughts on how you can flip that switch in your head to believe in yourself as well, just like I did. So hopefully that sounds interesting to you. I mean, if you made it this far, then I assume it does. But anyway, before we get into it, wanted to mention two things. Number one, the Punk Rock NBA newsletter. That is an email newsletter that I'm going to send every week where I link to any videos that I put out on my main channel or my second channel or link to the podcast in case you missed it or any like press or other interviews or something like that that I may have done. No ads, no spam, no nothing like that. Won't share your address. Just send you links to the content. You can go to prmbanewsletter.com if you want to sign up for that, or there's a link in the show notes. Also, I wanted to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. It is because of your support that we're able to do this show. Patrons get every episode a week early. There's a members-only private Discord server that I'm in all the time. I also do reviews of patrons at the $10 and up level. I'll review their music or videos or artwork or photography, whatever it is that you want me to take a look at, I will check it out. So if that sounds interesting to you, then hit the link in the show notes or to go to patreon.com slash the punk rock NBA. And as always, I want to thank our producer and editor, Deanna Chapman, who is the brains behind this that makes the whole thing come together. So if you want help with your podcast, I would highly suggest talking to her. There's a link to her site in the show notes. And with that out of the way, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is my second channel where I talk about business and marketing and personal development, all that kind of stuff that's not really a fit from my main channel because it's not about music. In this video, I wanted to talk about believing in yourself and really like the first time I think I truly believed in myself. And the reason why this is important is because 
In so many things in life, the biggest barriers, I think, are self-created. So for a lot of people out there who are watching this, you probably are in the situation that I was, you know, 15 years ago, where I was like, well, right now I'm doing this shitty job that I don't like, but I really want to do this other thing. And to me back then, it just felt like this unattainable goal. You know, I wanted to do something creative for a living. Like at the time I wanted to be a graphic designer, which I eventually was, but I was stuck working at this crappy print shop and I felt like I was never going to get out because at the core of it, you know, if you asked me if I believed in myself, I guess I would have said yes. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have said no, but at the core of it, I realized looking back on it, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I was good enough for it. And the thing with these kind of beliefs about ourselves is they become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you really truly believe that you can do it, I think generally speaking, you're gonna take the actions to make it happen. And if you don't believe that you can do it, well, then I can tell you, you're not gonna do it. So what made me really finally truly believe in myself? I'd been working at Creative Live for a couple years and Creative Live is an online education company that produces classes like online courses for primarily photographers, but also small business owners, graphic designers, like creators of all types. And my job at Creative Live was to run the part of the business that created education for music producers. I did the first one with my good friend and now business partner A.L. Levy back in September of 2013. And this is the first time that anybody had done any kind of like live streaming music education in the way that we think of it now. Like these days, there's quite a few people that do it, but back in 2013, we were the first people to do it. And I'm not gonna say that I like single-handedly did it because there were a lot of other people involved. So it was certainly a team effort like most things in life, but it really was my show. We had been doing classes pretty much just for photographers for the past couple years. And then one day I heard the CEO at the time sort of offhandedly say something like, oh, we should do classes for music producers maybe. And I was like, well, I can do that. I know a lot of producers. And he was like, oh, uh, well, okay, why not? Because at the time, this company, you know, Creative Live at its peak was maybe 150 people, but at the time it was only maybe 15 or 20 people. So at a small company like that, if you have a good relationship with the bosses, you know, you have a lot of runway to just kind of try shit. So I rolled the dice, I did it, and to make a long story short, it worked. Over the course of maybe, I don't know, a year and a half, two years, I produced somewhere around 70 classes and made the company around, I think, dollars in revenue. And I was like, shit, I really kind of got this thing from zero to And any way you look at it, that's a lot of money. That was kind of the first moment that I started to go, you know what, maybe I do have what it takes to kind of do what I've always wanted to do of like run a business. Maybe I do know how to do this. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little... A little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. 
Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. And then over the next couple years, I did a bunch of freelance projects. I talked about this in other videos as well, but Get Good Drums, I did all the digital marketing for them. Get Good Drums is a company that makes audio production software. It's run by the guys in Periphery and Dez from Good Tiger. So they sell like drum samples and impulse responses and other stuff that music producers would make. They had the product. They brought me in to basically sell it, and I did. And I'm not going to tell you how much money they made because that's information that belongs to them, but it was a decent amount of money. I did the same thing for Horizon Devices, which is a guitar pedal company that Misha from Periphery is a co-founder in. Again, definitely a team effort. That's one where I certainly can't take the bulk of the credit for that because without Misha being involved with it, it wouldn't be like half as successful as it is. But again, the fact of the matter is that I made a lot of money for the company. And then I did it again at the company that I work for now, URM Academy. We do online education for music producers. And again, most definitely a team effort here. You know, my business partners are amazing. A.L. Levy, Joey Sturgis, and Joel Wanasek. For sure, it would not exist without them. And by no means am I trying to like take credit for all of it. But I can take credit for a lot of it. And so what I realized was like, holy shit, I have generated millions and millions of dollars for other people. I just kind of had this moment. 
I know how to do this. I know how to run businesses. I know how to build and run a business. I've generated millions of dollars for other people. Why can't I do this for myself? And I don't know why, but that was just like the moment that the switch flipped. I don't like fundamentally question anymore my ability to do this shit. Of course, I still have like moments of self-doubt every day, like multiple times a day. Every time one of my videos like doesn't do super well on YouTube, I'm like, oh, I suck. It's over. Nobody likes me anymore. I'm a fraud. These are fleeting moments. I don't like fundamentally question whether I'm good at what I do or fundamentally question whether I know how to do this thing or not because I did it like four or five times. I made millions of dollars for other people. And then, of course, really big one is YouTube. You know, I started that at the end of 2017 and just recently crossed 20 million views on the channel over the whole lifetime. So you put all that together and I'm like, shit, I guess I know what I'm doing. And I had this moment of thinking like, I've put a lot of time and energy into building things for other people, like helping other people make their dreams come true. But maybe it's time for me to do that for myself. Maybe it's time to like make my own dreams come true. And to be clear, I'm super grateful for all those opportunities because that is what allowed me the opportunity to build these skills and achieve the things that I did that eventually made me flip that switch and believe in myself. And I don't know what the rest of my life is gonna look like, but I do now feel like I can pretty much chart my own course. If I wanna go work for someone else, I can do that. If I wanna continue working for myself and building my own things, I can do that. But what does this mean for you? Well, number one, you're probably capable of a lot more than you think you are. Like I said at the beginning of this video, the biggest barriers to our success are largely self-imposed. Like think about like right now, whatever dream you have, like man, someday I wanna do X or Y. Like I wanna be a full-time photographer or whatever it is. Like what is actually stopping you from doing that? Like take a minute to actually think about that. And the answer is probably nothing, or at least the things that are stopping you could be overcome. Like maybe you don't have a super nice camera, whatever, you can figure that out. The biggest thing is probably just fear. Like you are afraid that you will try and fail. And you might, I've definitely failed at lots of things. And so if you're wondering like, all right, that's probably true. How do I knock down that barrier of fear that's preventing me from getting to where I wanna go? I think the answer is results. So just like for me, what made me really internalize the belief that I can do this stuff is I did it on a smaller scale. Like I did it working for other people inside other companies. So like I worked at this design agency where I did a lot of business development and led projects and stuff like that. I worked at Abercrombie, big giant company. Then I worked at Creative Live and started this business unit for not from nothing. I did all those freelance projects where again, I was successful. So you don't have to go from like zero to a hundred all in one step. Confidence comes from achieving things, from actually proving to yourself that you can do the thing. So if you wanna be a full-time photographer, well, the first step would be to get one client that pays you even like 10 bucks, right? Well, all right, now you have a paying client. Now it's time to get another client and maybe they pay you 50 bucks. And then you get another client and they pay you a hundred bucks and you just kind of keep repeating this process until a couple years later, you're like, oh, I've gotten 25 clients and they've paid me $10,000 over the past couple years. Oh, I guess I know what I'm doing because people have paid me $10,000 for my photographs over the past couple years. And one thing I want to make super clear here is I'm not telling everybody like quit your job tomorrow and go pursue your dreams. You can do it, rah, rah, rah. For some people that is the right next step, but not for everybody. I actually think there's a lot of value in working for other people at the beginning of your career like I did. Because by doing that, A, you're gonna have more resources than you would on your own where your budget is like zero dollars. You're gonna work with smart people who are gonna help you learn faster than you would on your own. And because they're paying you, I look at it as kind of like you're getting paid to learn. Even if this isn't the job that you necessarily want for the rest of your life or you don't love it, the fact that you are there like honing some sort of skill is like you're getting paid to learn. That's pretty cool. 
So use that opportunity working for somebody else to learn those skills, to make relationships, you know, ask questions of anybody and everybody. That's one thing I've always done, like just go up to, I don't know, I used to work with this mechanical engineer that used to do like, he designed jet engines for GE. And I would just ask him random questions about mechanical engineering. And I think he probably thought it was kind of weird that I was asking these questions, but it was actually super useful because, you know, am I a mechanical engineer now? No, absolutely not. But I understand what they do. I can work with them because of having conversations like with people like him and working on teams with mechanical engineers. And that's an opportunity that I only got to do because I worked at a company that did engineering. And if you do want to work for yourself, which I think is an awesome goal, not for everybody, because it is actually more work to work for yourself than to work for someone else in most cases. Because when you work for yourself, the buck stops with you. You don't have like a legal team that you can forward the email and be like, can you guys handle this? Nope, you gotta handle it on your own. And that might come at the worst possible time where you really don't wanna deal with it, but you have to because you're the boss. But if you are ready to take that leap and you do wanna work for yourself, the way I would suggest doing it is start the thing that you wanna do as a side hustle while you're working somewhere else, like do it nights and weekends and stuff, which is gonna be hard. It's gonna to be tough to find the time and energy to do this, but start there so that you have like the paycheck of this other job coming in, build this thing up on the side, and eventually it's gonna to get to a point where you realize that not only has it gotten big enough that you can quit your day job and pursue this thing full-time, but like you should. Ideally, you'll get to a point where you're making as much or more money from your side hustle as you are your day job, and then it's easy. You're just like, well, fuck this, I'm out of here. And that might take a year or two years or three years or whatever doing this thing as a side hustle before you're ready to like turn it into your full-time job. But especially now in this kind of an economy with there's so much uncertainty, I think it's good to play it safe. There's a couple times where I took the leap too early. Like when I was, I don't know, 21 or 22 or something like that, I tried to like be a freelance graphic designer full-time and I totally failed. Like I think I maybe lasted like six months and, and I had to go back to my crappy day job with my tail between my legs because it was too early. I didn't have the skills. I wasn't good enough. I didn't understand sales. I didn't have a network. I was okay at design, but not really as good as I should have been. I was premature as a business operator to survive in the world on my own. I know it might seem like kind of a balance. On the one hand, I'm saying, believe in yourself, you can do it. On the other hand, I'm saying, well, hang on, be careful. Those two things might seem like they're at odds. And I guess they kind of are because it is that balance of like believing in yourself enough to take the leap of faith to do this scary thing. But then on the other hand, being smart and managing your downside so that just in case it doesn't go as planned, you don't lose your ass. And obviously if you have a family or anything like that, then that's extra important. All right, so I hope that was helpful for anybody out there who might be in the same situation that I was in years ago of like, oh fuck, I hate this job. Like right now I'm doing this, but I really wanna be doing this other thing. And it feels like you're never gonna get there. Like it's some unattainable goal. I promise that if you really put in the work, it is attainable. It all starts with believing in yourself. And I know that sounds corny, but it really does. And if you don't believe in yourself yet, find a way to have like some small successes till you get to the point where you really truly do believe in yourself because you've proven to yourself and to the world by getting results that like, obviously you can do it. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you wanna help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. 
Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Grey Street.